Cryptozoology is, by its very nature, elusive. Thus, we cannot say that we are exactly bringing you the facts, but we will do our best to help you see these mythical legends as we do. So sit back, relax, and wait. What's that behind you? <laughs> Never mind. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome back to Cryptids on Cryptids. My name's Martin. And I'm Nadia. This week, we're talking about the Mongolian death worm. Yay. The Mongolian death worm. Yes, very cool name, and I think this time he is cool, or she, or they, or it. Yeah, unlike the beast of Bodmin Moor. I feel like Bod was cool, just he didn't live up to his name. I will give him that. He didn't live up to his name. I was yeah, expecting he's very more. cool in theory. Yeah. He's just not very cool in practice. In reality, he's just a puma. But go watch that episode. Or listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, um, we make fun of a cat. Yeah. You know, like good people. <laughs> like all good cat owners. <laughs> like all good cat owners. Okay. Um, I want you, Marty, to try to pronounce the the name of the Mongolian death worm in Mongolian. Uh Can I look at the pronunciation that you no. put right next to it? Actually I'm gonna <laughs> highlight it in black. Bye. Algoi Korhoi. Korkhoi. Yeah, Korkhoi. It's actually, uh, I can't pronounce it either, but it's Alorge Korhoi. Oh, okay. That was much more nuanced than my take. Thank you. I practiced. Um, but it means intestine worm, which is super. Intestine fun. worm? Yeah. So, like a tapeworm. Yeah, basically. But actually, it's called an intestine worm because it resembles an intestine filled with blood. That's yucky. I would rather have an intestine filled with blood than a tapeworm. Those things are, like, my biggest fear. Yeah, because, I mean, an intestine filled with blood you can kind of get rid of pretty easily. You could just throw that in the trash. Or a biohazard bag. At least, like, blood's supposed to be in the body. There should not be a worm in my body. True. Worms are not supposed to be in your body. <laughs> yeah, unless you're into that. In which case, don't be. Yeah, <laughs> in which case, stop that. Stop we try that. not to, like, kink shame we try not to brain. shame anybody. Yeah, we try not to kink shame or anything on this show, but worms is a step too far. <laughs> so the Mongolian death worm is about 2 to 10 feet long, and I wanted to start with this because... There were speculations that it's called the intestine worm because of its size, but the small intestine mm -hmm. is actually bigger. It's over 10 feet long, So, and many people think that the Mongolian death worm is about a meter long or like two to three feet, um, so the intestine's actually bigger, for the record. Yeah, suck it, worm. You're suck not as it, big worm. as an intestine. But that means it can get in your intestine. Wait, what the fuck? No. I'd rather we just talked about this. I'd rather I don't want it in me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather it be big enough to at least take a chunk out of my arm. 
There are some speculations that say it's as wide as an oak tree, while other things I read said it's the size of a sausage. I like when people describe things as the size of a tree, because trees vary a lot in size. Okay, you know what I mean? Okay, for the record, this says as wide as an oak tree. But even oak trees grow. Yeah, but you know what you're thinking. When you like, visualize an oak tree, you're not thinking a baby. Well, maybe you're thinking, like, the size of a leg, you know? What? What kind of oak tree have you seen that's the size of a leg? The ones they plant by the sides of the road? Yeah, that's what I think. When people are like, it's the size of an oak tree. I'm like, so my leg. Yeah, but, like, you know, an oak tree could be the size of, like, it could be, like, you know, a foot across. Or it could be, like, five. I feel like you're being purposefully difficult in that you know what a tree is. You know what a tree should be. And you know what a tree could be if it tried harder. Yeah, well, my ideal tree is, like, a five-foot-across tree. You know? A very big tree. Yeah. So give... You may not like it, but this is the ideal tree. <laughs> so give the Mongolian deathworm the benefit of the doubt that it is the size of an ideal tree. Well, I've learned that when guys talk about their tree, it's generally not good practice to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, usually the result ends up being disappointing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, you're looking for you're looking for that ideal oak tree. I'm looking for that sapling. Yeah, I'm looking for that overwhelmingly large. I'm so sorry. I really hope (laughs) no one ever listens to this. Yeah, we can cut out all the pedantic parts about the size of oak trees. <laughs> I really hope that if I, the next time I have a spicy encounter, the schlong is the size of the Mongolian deathworm. Okay. <laughs> That's the only deathworm I'll allow to inst- I'm done. Let's just get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. So... We've established, kind of, its size. Or its ideal size. Its ideal size. Um, so what about the rest of it? Is it just like a meat sack? Yeah, that's it. No. So it has red skin. So again, that's why it looks like an intestine filled with blood. And I read one website that was saying that it's plated with armor. And this is, like, red armor plates that help it against the heat and, like, slide in the sand. But other things just say it's skin. Like a worm would do. How thick is a worm's skin? I don't know. You ever seen an earthworm? They're, like, pretty skin. No, they're pretty, like... They don't have armor is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought you like were if saying... if you think about a worm, you wouldn't expect armor. No, but this is a Mongolian death worm. I'm expecting much more than a normal worm. That's true. But can you imagine, like, a little earthworm in, like, plate armor? That would be so adorable. I love <laughs> little worms. As long as they're not inside me. Like, I think they're so cute. They come out when it's raining, and they say hello. Yeah, and they just, like, squiggle on the pavement. Yeah. Yeah. Worms are great. Oh, so they have, like, spine-like projections at both ends. So think of, like, a face with, like, spikes that you think of in your worst nightmares, and it's on both ends. Oh. 
So like the worm from Dune? I guess so. That keeps coming up. I don't actually know what that looks like. I have seen the You've movie. You've never seen Dune? I've seen the movie. The hit movie? It has Timothée Chalamet. Oh, but I'm talking about like old Dune. Oh, no, I have not. You should watch old Dune. It's a trip. No. I'll tell you right now, I won't. <laughs> it's a really funky movie. But the sandworms in Dune are a lot bigger. They're not red, and they don't have the spiny projections on both ends. But they do have it on one end if you want to look them up. That's what it looks like. Okay. I honestly think this Mongolian deathworm looks a lot scarier. Really? Something about the red makes it look evil. Ugh. Ugh. It makes it look yeah, spiny and flesh-like. Pretty... Yeah, 1984, Dune. You should go see that. Um, I'm trying to find the main actor's name. Because um, there's one part in the movie where he has... Yeah, uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Anyway, there's one part in the movie where he has, like, they made an interesting costume choice. And he has, like, zippers to uncover his nipples. But just the nipples. They... Why? They wanted it Dunno. to have nipples? Dunno. It was just a costume choice they made. Yeah. Uh, which I found fascinating. Anyway, the whole rest of the movie is a trip and is really fun. Real Do silly. Do have nipples? I don't think so. They're not mammals. They don't milk. Yeah, I don't think worms do that. Except for silkworms. It kind of looks like milk, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, there, it's full of... Here, I'm just going to send you this picture real quick, and I'll put it out on Twitter, which you can find at on cryptids. Oh, um, of this guy's nipples? Thank you. There's oh, a lot of oh. fas fascinating fashion choices like this. Oh, okay. I thought that he was the worm, and they decided to just let his nipples out. I mean, if he was the worm, I think that would make a lot more sense. Wow, this guy was in a lot of stuff. He was the dad from Inside Out. He's very pretty. Yeah, he's a very pretty guy. Okay. Wow, this guy was a lot of stuff. It doesn't matter. No one cares. That's true. That's true. Anyway, if you want to see this pretty man's nipples, go check out our Twitter. That's what <laughs> we're good for. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. I think that's what it should be about. Um, but right now it's about the Mongolian deathworm. Okay, so where is Mongolia? What? It's like in Asia, right? Like yeah, yeah, like kind of close to Russia. Mongolia map of the world. Yeah, it's like Asia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right above China. I knew that. It's right between right China, China and Russia. Little south of Russia. It's a really big country. Famous for Genghis Khan. And Genghis Khan will come back up next few minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> he said it like that. <laughs> yeah, check in later for the spot of the podcast. <laughs> Hear more about Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan is part of my wares. Okay, so it's found in Mongolia in the sand of the Gobi Desert. So the Gobi Desert is one of the biggest deserts in the world, and it's the biggest desert in Asia. I do have a question about this. Yeah. Because, like, you know, dune worm is a desert worm, but I feel like most worms are notoriously slimy and wet. Ugh. So... This worm is not that. 
No. It's a very dry worm. He's a dry worm. That's like the surprise of it. That's what makes it so weird because it survives in the desert. And like, as we were saying earlier, worms like to come say hello when it's wet. But this guy is just in the sand. I mean, I feel like they come say hello when it's wet so they don't drown. Yeah. In the water. Yeah. So they need water. And so that's another reason why this can't be a worm. Because the Gobi hot is... The Gobi hot. The Gobi desert is too hot for annelids. So scientists believe it might be a new species of Amphisbania. Which is a so worm like a lizard. Worm... Yeah, I was going to say worm lizard. Or worm frog. Because amphibia... Would you know what that was if I didn't have it written out here in the notes? I would have guessed frog, just because I know yeah. like, amphibious is frog. But you can't spell amphisbania without bay. True, actually. Is this worm bay? I think he's bay. Honestly, the more I read about him, the more I was like, honestly, daddy. Really? Nope. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I feel like this worm is kind of the opposite of that. No, yeah. I I wanted, well, while we were doing this, well, I was doing this, you didn't help with the research. Nope, never do. <laughs> I'm going to unionize. I was thinking about how you have your fight corner, and mm -hmm. if we ever saw this thing, I would immediately kill myself or run away. Like, if I was close enough, I would kill myself. But I don't want to ever see this creature. I would leave you to die so quickly. Yeah. Okay, what makes it so scary? What'd it do? For one thing, it's a giant worm. But, um... <laughs> so it can burrow in the very hot sands. It hibernates in the hottest season. So it's only out during, like, June and July. Because they're considered wetter months. Um, if you know what mm. I mean. Regret that yeah rainfall <laughs> yep <laughs> that's what you were talking about that's right? what i was talking about um and but the cool things about it the things that make it a cryptid and that was lacking from the beast of bondman more is that it sends electric shock waves through the sand to stun its victims and eat them alive so touching Whoa. this thing is like a no-no it'll electroshock you so this is like a taser worm isn't there a pokemon like this I feel like there is a Pokemon like this. I was going to say that, like, so far, right, we've got lives in a desert, looks like a worm, may or may not have armor. And I was just like, this might just be a snake. Like a big snake. You know? Why? Snakes are just worms that are bigger. But they're not the size of oak trees. You ever seen an anaconda? No. They're big. I guess I didn't think of that. I don't know. I'm thinking if this thing is really big. I know it's not actually. It's only like two to ten feet long. But I'm thinking of it as like fatter than a snake. Like snakes are lithe, you know? Like they um, they have that grace to them. I'm thinking this guy is puffy. He's worm-like. I just got the image of basically a log, right? Like you yes. think the, si the width of a si an oak tree. Yeah. The width of an oak tree, but two feet long. Yeah. It's a log. And snakes are scaly. That's true. This thing's smooth like butter. I think it's wrinkly, but... You think it's wrinkly? But it might also have armor. 
Probably would be wrinkly if it's in the dry desert. Yeah. Doesn't have that lotion. Um, the other yeah. cool thing about it is that it has corrosive yellow venom. Um, so maybe it is a snake, because snakes are venomous sometimes. That's true. So altogether, it has spikes, venom, and electric powers. So this thing is basically a Pokemon. It is a Pokemon. I would run from it so fast, even if it didn't have any of these powers, and it was just a big-ass worm in the desert. I would immediately run. I would kill myself, screaming and crying and throwing up, and I would run. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does sound like it has a lot of powers. Although, I am still kind of stuck on this imagery of basically, like, a flesh log. Like, a log made out of worm. You know what I mean? I'm trying like, I'm not just... to make an analogy to another thing that has the same initials. As flesh log? Yeah. Like a subway foot log. Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> I'm thinking fleshlight. Oh. Subway foot log. Yeah, I didn't want to make I didn't want to make a joke about the subway footlong for copyright reasons, so I did. Oh, well, we can just say that this is commentary. Subway footlongs are not actually a footlong; they're eleven inches. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's kind of disappointment. No, but these things look absolutely horrifying. Go look them up. I would. I'm gonna make a fan art of myself, and it's gonna be this thing, and then me. Throwing up on the ground. <laughs> That'll also be posted to our at on cryptids on Twitter. <laughs> I would say you bringing a gun to this fight would be valid because it has long range electric powers. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh my god. Okay, I looked it up. It looks very unfortunate. I feel like unfortunate isn't the right name. Like, unfortunate, I would be like, yeah, Marty looks unfortunate. But I wouldn't be like... Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I would call it terrifying, horrifying, this nightmarish. This thing is just straight up butt ugly. It's not butt ugly. It kind of looks like a dick. So, yeah, I get it. It looks like a butthole with spikes. Like, a if you look at its face... spikes? Oh, its face. I was like, how long yeah. is your butthole? <laughs> Roughly two to feet, two to ten feet long. <laughs> the width of an oak tree. <laughs> no, but I mean, one, it's not face. an ideal one. Does it have eyes? Does your butthole have spikes? No, that's why I said a butthole with spikes. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I made the important, important addition. Um, but no, this thing looks like a sausage, and on one end it has a butthole with spikes, and on the I other know, end on both also ends. a butthole with spikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Which, I think a sausage. Yeah, is it's too straight nice. up butt ugly. No, it's just terrifying. Yeah, it's it's very yucky. I would not want to encounter one. I hate that it has electric powers. 
I'm not gonna lie. Your audio you think just... it's an electric worm? <laughs> your audio just went out, and I was just gonna nod and say yes. Um, but I don't know <laughs> what you said or what I'm agreeing to. Oh, um, I was asking if you think that it's... Do you think it's an electric worm? Like, it's powered by electricity? I mean, it has electric powers. Like, if you hit it with an EMP, would it short circuit or It's an die? EMP. An electromagnetic pulse. Famous for shutting off electronics. I... Oh, that's a good question. If it's... Well... I think then that's the question of... Well, it's not... How does electricity work? How do... How does... It's not a machine. It's that's fair. inherently electric. Like an electric eel, but dry. Yes. Yes! That's why it was also questioned whether it's a species of electric eel, but that's that was for some reason de de debunked the word you were looking for? I don't know. Denied? Proved wrong? Disagreed with? Yeah, debunked. What if we just got rid of the whole episode? What if we quit? <laughs> Why? Because it's impossible for us to talk about a worm without making dick jokes? Sorry, is that too much? Was saying the word dick out loud too much? Uh, Was that the step too far? I feel like we've made too many dick jokes. And... Okay, I'm making... I'm making a new rule for this podcast. No more dick jokes. See, now that's a challenge. Because now I'm going to say, what if the Mongolian death worm is just someone's sentient dick? With oh. spikes. You think they were, like, taped on, or what's up? <laughs> I don't know why it's on both ends, though. Yeah, I don't know why it would have spikes on both ends. So I guess it doesn't have a face. Does it or need a to, butt. Does it, like, eat with both ends? That's a good question, because if it ate, it would need to shit. Because that is the rule of life. That's true. Benjamin Jefferson... I can't think of his real name. Yeah, that's You once said that the three rules of life are death, taxes, and you need to shit. <laughs> Did he? No, I think he just said death and taxes, but I think if you eat, you shit is definitely viable, and he missed that one. That's my rule. But yeah, there's basically just this monster in the desert of Mon Mon Mongolia. Sorry. I'll just stop talking. You go. Your turn. I mean, you could take it again. You know, if you stumble over your words, we can just edit the stumble out, and you can just, like, say it clean. No. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah we can move okay, on. Okay, guys. Hi, everyone. My name's Nadia, and we're doing the Mongolian death worm today. <laughs> You're just taking it from the top. Okay. I feel like everything we've said so far has been a stutter. Not in, like, we misspoke, but in everything we said shouldn't have been said. Yeah. I stuttered just... while saying that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no, I agree. We've made too many dick jokes and it needs to stop. Um, so, instead of talking about what this thing looks like, because that's an avenue that we've traveled already. 
and we've seen how that's gone. Um, let's talk about some sightings. <laughs> let's talk about what this thing does in the wild. Um, what did you ask about sightings? Where were we? What podcast is this? Uh, this is Cryptids on Cryptids. Um, wow, that sounds really cool. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at on Cryptids for all these weird pictures of worms and man's titties. I, mean, I should have said want. that different. What? That's all we want, isn't it? Yeah, that's all you need in life. That and the need to shit if you eat. Yeah. But only if you eat. If you need to shit and you haven't eaten. That has been my problem means. for the past few days, but we don't need to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm not a doctor. That's okay. What are some sightings or stories about the creature? Okay, so. Um, I thought you were asking me. <laughs> actually, like, yeah, I don't know. you go ahead. Um. There are tales of a monster worm buried under the sand of the Gobi Desert. Well, yeah, but that's obvious. So basically, this story was first introduced to the Western world by an explorer named Roy Chapman Andrews in 1926. And he was a zoologist on this, like, really impressive science expedition in Mongolia. So he's not just some stupid cryptozoologist on a podcast called Cryptids on Cryptids. He is actually, like, a zoologist. No shame to cryptozoologists. Only shame to us. Um, yeah, that's fair. And he was in a meeting with the premier, so the minister of foreign affairs and, like, the cabinet. And they asked him, this was 1926, they asked him to capture a specimen of the Mongolian death worm. Okay, and how did that go for him? No, but, like, I want you to imagine that. Like, you are in a cabinet meeting because you are asking the government about something sciencey. And then Obama or whoever is just like, yeah, go find me Bigfoot. Um, so little known fact, that's actually why we started the podcast was Joe Biden emailed me and he was like, so look, <laughs> there's a lot of creepy crawlies out there and uh, you got to go get them. Yeah. Joe Biden himself is sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. If you would like to know more about that, just tweet it, Joe. I'm sure he'll answer all your questions. I'm sure he'd love to answer any questions. Uh-oh. Discord died again. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Okay, you're back. Are you good? Are you okay? Like, physically, mentally, emotionally? No. <laughs> All three, huh? <laughs> this worm's really got you. This worm, something about it. I feel like I know too much now, and so he's killing me psychologically. Uh-oh. Psychic powers, and I might not be able to fight this worm. I feel like, do you think you can fight it right now with the powers it does have? Yeah, I mean, if I have equal powers. It depends on its size, actually, I think. Even if it was just the size of a sausage. Like, I'm saying hot dog. But it had... Electroshock powers as well as extremely corrosive venom. So I think if it was the size of a hot dog, it wouldn't be able to stun me as a human. I think, no, but I'm saying it does have the power to send shockwaves. 
Like I that's think what it, I, it's overpowered. I think I would need to prepare for the fight. With what? You know, I don't know, like rubber gloves. <laughs> Something to insulate myself against the electricity, and then I think honestly, depending on its size, depends on the size of bucket of acid I bring. Because it's got corrosive venom, so why should I not have it? Well, you don't know. Maybe it's if it's inherently corrosive. Wouldn't it also have to be immune to corrosive materials? Well, I mean, even snakes dissolve. <laughs> you said that so creepily. Like, have you dissolved any snakes? No, but I'm just assuming, you know? Even snakes dissolve. I wish you guys could have seen his eyes then. Like the eyes of a killer. <laughs> Even snakes dissolve. <laughs> Sent fucking heebie-jeebies if you're spawn, huh? <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I'm just saying, like, I think honestly with some rubber gloves and a super soaker full of... I was gonna say cat soaker. piss, but I mean, like... <laughs> that would work too, honestly. It might work. You know, like salt? You think I, salt would work on this thing? I feel like I would just worms. give you a bunch of things and be like, yeah, you can go kill it, and in the meantime, I would be running the other way. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think it would be, you know, dishonorable not to try. Actually, because I'm the best person in this podcast, and I'm such a good researcher, I found you ways you can battle this thing. Really? This comes straight from the premiere. I cannot wrap my head around this, that the Minister of Foreign Affairs was like, go find me this worm, and I will give you, like, tips on how to slay him. Uh, and he suggested that the zoologist Andrews capture it with long steel-collecting forceps. Okay. I don't... So, I guess it's because... For some reason, they're not corrosive and they can touch him. I don't know why. I don't know how big these forceps are supposed to be if he's supposed to be the size of an oak tree. But yeah, you need some long steel collecting forceps. And then you need to wear dark glasses to neutralize the effects of looking at something so corrosive. I didn't even realize it could hurt your eyes. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's why you wear, like, lab goggles. Because, like, chemicals get in your eyes and it's real bad. I know, but I don't, like, go up to snakes and I'm wearing goggles. I feel like you should. I mean, yeah, I don't go up to snakes. It's actually where I should have ended that sentence. Me neither, actually. I, I have found that, like, I think snakes are just... I think they're fascinating. I don't want one near me. I feel like I can't say this as an Arab because I know that Arab people have, like, the snake tamers, but I think it's a white people thing to love snakes. I think they're interesting creatures. I think they're really cool, like, physiologically. I think, like... I think they're cool, too. Studying snakes would be awesome. And they're pretty. I don't want to touch one. Yeah, I don't fuck with them. I have touched a snake before, but it was, like, really weird, and I didn't like that you could, like, feel how it's like muscles move around because it's just a muscle tube even snakes dissolve that's i mean they're just a muscle tube you know is that when you dissolved your first snake 
I haven't actually dissolved a snake. Sure. <laughs> you said that with too much conviction. Anyways, so you need to wear these dark goggles and seize it with long steel collecting forceps. My thing is how... Okay, so you're wearing goggles, but if it spits the corrosive venom on you, I guess if your forceps are super long, like they're like yards long. Yeah, I don't know that they would do that much if the corrosive stuff got on you, you know? Or what about the electric shocks? I feel like the electric shock is the most easily defeatable part of this creature. What? It's supposed like, to stun you. Like, it knocks you out. Well, we know how to, like, mitigate electric shocks. How? Rubber. And other insulating materials. So you're just going like, to wear a really suit of easy. rubber in the desert? Yeah, we have rubber suits. Like, those exist. But you'd be so hot. It's the desert. Yeah, I might die of heat stroke, but I'm going to get this worm. You're going to get the worm, and you're going to give him back to Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, anyways, he, the zoologist promised to catch it if he crossed paths with it. Um, and for that reason, he was allowed to study outer Mag Mon Mongolia. I spelled it wrong there. Sorry, Mongolian people. Um, but the interesting thing is that the premier and the other members of the cabinet all believed in it and had stories of others who had seen it, but none of them had seen it themselves. And Andrews found that that was a common problem that so many people like dozens knew of someone like my cousin's sister's boyfriend had seen it but nobody who actually had um and whenever they went to its supposed like favorite spots the locals would say oh no it can definitely be found a couple meters or miles away from here so in true cryptid fashion no one has actually seen it just you know someone who has um, and so this zoologist said, we're not the belief in its existence so firm and general, I would dismiss it as a myth. I report it here with the hope that future explorers of the Gobi may have better success than we had in running into the, or in running to earth the Mongolian death worm. So I guess he wanted to kill it. But, um, so he believed in it, which I think is fascinating. So the conviction of belief was so strong that he was like, it must be real. Of, like, everyone he met. And that's why my theory is that all of Mongolia was fucking with him. <laughs> that's probably true. I mean, let's be honest. Because if my friend came up to me and was like, there's this guy, or if anyone, if anybody came up to me and was like, your friend told me of this giant death worm that lives in the lake outside Ohio, and I would be like, yeah. I wouldn't question sure. that. Like, I think it's the same theory as, like, jackalopes, right? Like, we have an unreleased jackalope episode. Um. It's a little secret. <laughs> we just keep it for ourselves. But basically the whole thing with jackalopes was like these people from this town were like, okay, we made this thing and now we're going to fuck with people and we're going to tell them that this is a real creature. I don't know if they, oh, I guess they were. No, you're right. But I like that none of them were even like, they don't, I don't, to my knowledge, they don't sell 
things about the Mongolian death room. It's not like a cultural phenomenon. Like in Wyoming, where we were learning about the jackalope in our special secret episode, um, it's like there are statues to it. Like people sell memorabilia. It's just everybody knows about it in Mongolia, apparently. I don't know. I can't verify that. But it seems to be the common perception that everybody in Mongolia believes in this worm. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of situations where, um, like, when people came to colonize, they were just like, let's just fuck with the colonizers. I would you know? do that. Yeah. I Don't mean, I feel like colonizers. But fuck with the colonizers. Fuck with them. <laughs> That's big brain. <laughs> um, another so so then so this guy Andrews was not able to find it, but was like, wow, everybody believes in this thing. And then Ivan Makerley, he's Czech. I don't know his last name, I'm sorry. But he's um like a famous cryptozoologist. Apparently he researched Nessie, who's my favorite. Um, he traveled to Mongolia on three different expeditions in 1990, 1992, and 2004 in search of this worm. Like, he was obsessed with finding this worm. And he was granted permission by the government to do this. Again, what is happening in the government in Mongolia that they really want this worm? I think it's, like, best case scenario, like, some guy finds a worm. Worst case scenario, this guy dies trying to find a worm. Marty, I can't hear you at all. I'm just reading your lips. Why is so much going wrong in this episode? Uh, it's the Mongolian deathworms. Maybe that's maybe that's another cryptid trait of it. Like just like how all the people in Mongolia have heard of it but not seen it, but they know someone has seen it. We can't talk about like somehow it's hiding itself. Well, I mean, it can send out like shockwave so i don't see why it couldn't fuck with technology yeah so maybe it doesn't allow us to talk about it and so that's why the locals can only say oh my friend saw it but they can't say i saw it you know mm. yeah it's like a i was gonna say like an earworm but i don't oh. think that analogy quite fits those are fake for the record earworms? yeah wait there's so many different disease like Worms can be really bad for the body, but earworms are fake. That's a myth. What about earwigs? What are earwigs? They're little creepy crawly guys with a bunch of legs. Oh, I don't know. Uh, they're also called like house centipedes. Centipedes are another thing that I would rather die than see. I have seen a centipede, actually. I have seen a centipede as well, unfortunately. I was in Ecuador. I was in the Amazon rainforest. Oh my god. Um and I was getting like a tour of like one of the we were hiking into one of the like research places there cuz I did this through school. I'm surprised you went to school. Yeah, me too, honestly. <laughs> at this point. Um anyway, our tour guide stopped and he was like, "Look at the centipede." And it was pretty big. It was like I don't know, like six or seven inches, you know? It's like pretty big for a centipede. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, don't touch it. It's poisonous. 
I would die. Like, oh, not cool. <laughs> I I do not like centipedes. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. Like the research facility we were going to was like to research hummingbirds. So we saw a lot of cool hummingbirds. That's what he's telling you, but in reality, Joe Biden sent us to study more cryptids. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if we've ever talked about on this show a cryptid based out of the Amazon. I think that's just because there's so much freaky shit in the Amazon already. Yeah. Um. So this guy went, Ivan, went to Mongolia three times. What did, what did he try that was different from our other researcher friend? So I love this so much. He tried rhythmically pounding the sand to attract the Mongolian deathworm because he couldn't find it. But the thing is, the thing I love about this is that he tried this attempt because he read about it in Dune. Like, the sandworms in Dune <laughs> were attracted by, like, rhythmic pounding. I just love that. Yeah, that's, like, the whole thing in Dune. Is, like, you have to walk funny, because walking footsteps is, like, rhythmic and will attract the worm to eat you. Yeah, but why did he read Dune and he was like, this is fact. Like, this is exactly how the Mongolian death... When you first told me about, um, like, when the worm was first talked about, I looked up when Dune was written. Because yeah. I was like, did someone read Dune and was like, I want to go see if I can find this worm in real life? I think that's partially what, spot, what um, inspired Ivan. So he was also inspired by Andrew's work and other stuff. But I just love that he was like, no, this is Dune is the Bible for sandworms. Like, this is exactly what we have to do. Yeah. This makes so much sense to me, and I'm going to just go do that. Can you think of an analogy of, like, another... I haven't seen enough Game of Thrones to know how they interact with the dragons. Um, They have a special language to interact with the dragons. Yeah, so can you imagine? I was like, I want to find the dragons in real life. And so I learned whatever the fuck they speak. Valyrian. Yes. Sorry, I knew way too much about like fantasy bullshit. I love that for you. I really need to watch Game of Thrones, but there's too many um, death worms on screen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I thought we weren't going to make any more dick jokes, Nadia. So, I just love this. He is, like, traveling on an actual scientific expedition three times to find this death worm, and he's like, let's use Dune. Um, just love that for him. Well, if everything else doesn't work, you're like, maybe this guy was onto something. No, but the thing is, what else did he try? The only thing I read that he tried is that he, was this rhythmic pounding. Like, they made contraptions, like machines, to do this. Wait, that's all he tried? No, what else he tried, but this was, like, the main thing. Like, they were making machines in order to create this rhythmic pounding. And I guess it makes sense, because if... The desert is really big, and if the sandworm often burrows in the desert, like it would be a good way to alert them that somebody's around. But I just love that he's like, "This is how you have to do it." I don't think it like it's very very sound logic from him, but good try, Ivan. Yeah, um, he published articles in a documentary, and that brought more. That made the worm famous. But he eventually concluded that it's a myth created by psychological problems due to the heat. So just as you said, he thinks it might be some sort of 
um, snake that people thought was a worm because of the heat and they were scared and stuff like that. I don't know that it's necessarily psychological problems. Like, I feel like that's like a big thing that people are like, nah, you're just nuts, dude. You know? Well, I think if if you are having hallucinations due to heat stroke, like, that's a psychological problem. But how... Okay, here's my, like, problem with the whole, like, it's a psychological thing, right? Is how many people can see the exact same thing before it's like, okay, maybe it's not just a hallucination. Well, that's... Or maybe your hallucinations are influenced by the things you are told though i don't know how hallucinations work no but he's saying that nobody has seen it people only know people who have seen it yeah i guess so um but like they're all describing a similar thing that's a good point but if it's like a cultural thing you know if i went to the woods and I saw some big creature, I'd be like, Bigfoot? Like, because it's a cultural phenomenon, and so we already have this idea planted into our mind, which would cause the hallucination. Or which would seep into the hallucination. Yeah, that's fair. So, there are others. There's a cryptozoologist who believes it does exist, but he's a cryptozoologist. Um, but there's basically the idea of, okay, nobody's seen it, but so many people in Mon- Mongolia believe it exists. And the other thing that's difficult about it is that Soviet Union had control until basically the 90s of Mongolia. So not much is known because not much information about this has been translated, though Ivan helped. And so it's possible that now that we have more communication, you know, with social media and, I don't know, globalization, that maybe this Mongolian death worm will learn more about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, so my favorite theory about this worm is that it is a mysterious animal cultivated by the descendants of Genghis Khan, who was the previous Mongol emperor, to protect his grave from robbers, because his grave remains undiscovered. That's so cool. See, I said you'd hear more about Genghis Khan. And it was the coolest theory. I know, which I think is awesome, because then it kind of goes with our theory of maybe... The worm is somehow affecting our ability to talk about it so that we can't find it, so that we can't find the grave. Yeah, that's like a cool idea. Yeah. But then like you hear all these people talking about like, oh, the worm is like a couple miles from here, you know? Maybe, I don't know, I was about to pitch something insane. What's your pitch? Maybe like it moves around a lot. You know, it's been sighted in a bunch of different cities. Maybe the worm is the grave. And that's why it has two ends. Because it ate him. Because it ate him. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why it doesn't shit. I was going to say maybe it's a bird. I was like on a roll here. I was really making scientific (laughs) discovery. And you end that with, maybe it's a bird. (laughs) I was like, maybe it's the grave of Kangas Khan and it swallowed him whole and that's why it doesn't shit. Maybe it's a bird. It might just be like his his cool coffin though. Like that would be kind of badass. And it moves. 
Yeah. And exactly. so then maybe it is a machine, and that's why it's able to send in electric shocks. Yeah. Holy shit, I think we're on to something. We're going to defeat the Mongolian death room and find the grave of Genghis Khan. All at the same time. <laughs> and we're going to do it with a single EMP. <laughs> and I will be vomiting and shitting the entire time. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I think that's going to be it for our podcast this week um this week took great it out job, of everybody. me <laughs> no no great job <laughs> no great job to discord for the record yeah discord kind of shit the bed on this one um like i'm going to <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, you can find updates on the show at OnCryptids on Twitter. Uh, I have a lot of images to tweet this week. I'm not um, going to thank you for listening. I'm going to say I'm sorry for listening. I don't think that's the vibe we want to give our listeners. I it's the honest they vibe. Endured, they endured something here today, <laughs> and I want to thank them for doing so. Um. But yeah, we'll thank you on Twitter as well. So follow us there. Nadia showed me a little, <laughs> a little face she's drawn on her thumb. So you can see how I look right now. I feel like I went to war during this episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> If you want more content from us, you can find me at Martist on Fire on YouTube and Twitter. And you can find Nadia at Nadida, which is spelled how, Nadia? Underscore N-A-D-I-D-A. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Underscore. Yeah, there's an underscore at the end, too. Oh, now the face is happy. Right now, I am selling a line of digital prints on my store at martistonfire.com. Um, I've currently got a cool sea monster print for sale that you can Ooh. purchase. It looks very cool. Um, or at least I think so. Uh, and I will leave descriptions for all of this in the description below. Thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time, we'll see y'all in the woods. See you in the woods. In the woods.